So Broad's got half an over left here at Carey. Can he keep it going? Bowls here. Carey caught behind! Broad's finished it in magnificent style. Australia with a 2-0 advantage in this series. Well, they'll wait there. Wait to win in England will last another four years at least. England square the series, 2-all, and it feels fitting. And they're victors today on the final session of the final test by 49 runs. An emblematic moment. The series has been nip and tuck all the way, but when it mattered most today, England's bowlers showed up. Chris Wokes, Moen Ali, the veteran, in all probability playing his final test match. And Stuart Broad, his final spell for England, finding the edge a couple of times. Job done. Australia all out for 334. The series squared. The, it, great, the greatest series I've ever seen, I would mm. say. Nothing can compare to this across seven weeks. Every single game, with one exception, could have gone either way. And Stuart Broad, well, it was meant to be. Only the really great sports people bend the story and the narrative to their will. He wrote it with the help of the local broadcaster, no less. And now he's managed to pull it off in front of his family, his friends, and 27,000 South Londoners who have just beaten the pulse of Stuart Broad for the last 48 hours or so. You wondered if destiny was going to play out for him. Well, that's what the greats do. See Stuart Broad, Mo and Ali together here, walking off the ground, ahead of their teammates, just reinforcing that it'll be at the end for Mo and Ali too. And what a way to do it for Moeen. Three wickets on the final day to rip open Australia's middle order. Along with Chris Wokes, Stuart Broad raises his sun hat and a stump to the sky and puts his arm around Mo and Ali. His family in tears in the box fill as well. Yeah, look, there, there, there will be a lot of tears, and I know that it's schmaltzy and mawkish, but this is sport, right? This is the point of it. It's meant to be light. It's meant to be some grand escapism, really. We're meant to see dreams play out in front of us, and Stuart Broad has created a few himself this week. You have to admire it. The bloke was born into Ashes folklore. He grew up as part of it, and he was here, what? 14 years ago, carving his own name into the story. Six for spit on day two at the Oval in 2009. And now he's just finished off one of the greatest series I've ever seen, if not the greatest. Australia completed their second win of the series at Lords on the 2nd of July. Nearly an entire month ago. And they're about to hold up the Ashes Trophy. It will be one of the more underwhelming trophy presentations, I suspect, for at Sunderation. We saw the look on Pat Cummins' face mm. then. They went from 2-1 up to 2-all four years ago, but it still felt like it was a step in the right direction. Whilst this is not for nothing that they've retained the Ashes against the Baz Ballers of England, to come so close, to have their opportunity on what became the final afternoon at Leeds and not being able to grasp it, to go to Old Trafford and be thoroughly outplayed, to give themselves more than a puncher's chance here today, only for it to all fall away in this extended final session, they will be gutted. Seven for 142 England were at lunch on day two at Leeds. At that point, 
the only scoreline we everybody around the ground around England around Australia was talking about is 5-0 everybody had turned into Glenn McGrath but what has happened in the series ever since it's been all England yes Australia gave themselves a decent enough chance to get over the line today but this game has been run by England even though it was Australia won the toss on day one and elected to put England into bat look this was built as a culture war, a war of the worlds. And after 25 exhilarating days of test cricket, I don't think you can tell them apart. I mean, England will think, yes, I mean, if the rain had gone their way or if the rain had stayed away in Manchester, they could well be here celebrating a 3-2 series win, but that wasn't to be. The fact remains, baseball is alive, but Australia have the ashes. We still don't know who's the better team. I think that's well summed up. I, I think if, you, if you're being hard-headed about this, Phil Walker, that it, it's difficult to arrive at any other view than this is the right result. I, I accept that Manchester is Manchester and so it goes. Brett, you're going to jump off and grab an interview for us or two or three or four or how many you can get, Baz. Good luck with that. I don't think <laughs> the Aussie management will be that keen on you speaking to everybody, but you, you do you. Um, they, they will, and we might invite Jeremy Coney back in when he's ready to rejoin as well for... Our conversation before we head to the presentation. We'll take a break before that as well. Uh, but had Australia wrapped this up 3-1 today, chasing 384, fair enough. But had they 1-2-1 with the rain tumbling down, that would have felt a bit not quite right. The fact that England have been able to hold their own nerve as well, remembering that Australia restarted today at none for 135. They've taken all 10 wickets. I wanted to come to that. So David Warner nicked off. At 140. So Australia have lost 10 for 194 across the day. Now, there will be some talk about the ball, legitimately so. But that's an outstanding inspired afternoon's work by England. When you consider how low they looked, how flat they looked yesterday, when you consider how condensed this series has been, when you consider how knackered they are in body and in deed, to pull that off this afternoon and for one or two veterans to step up as well. Moeen Ali, I thought, was excellent. Moeen Ali, there were loads of question marks about whether he should have been involved in this side. He, he laughed literally at Stokes when he suggested the Ashes. Uh, there were people that were saying, this is madness. It's an insult to county cricket. It's an insult to Red Bull cricket. Who, how arrogant and cocky do this, does this bunch think they are to bring back somebody who's already retired from Test cricket? Well, look. Look what he's done today. Look what he did at first drop in the previous test match when no one else would do it. Yep. Chris Wokes didn't play the first two games. Questionable, but you could understand why. Comes back England's man of the series. Hasn't Should be England's man of the series. And hasn't even involved Mark Wood in this final flurry either. They didn't need the second new ball. Phil Long, please jump in. Yeah, they didn't need Mark Wood. Moeen Ali bowled 18 overs unchanged uh, either side of the rain break. Stuart Broad came back, took those two wickets. Moeen Ali, we think he's finished his test career, finishes with 204 wickets. Stuart Broad finishes with 604, and they helped <laughs> Australia. So I helped England take the last seven wickets for 70 runs today. There's meant to be no sentimentality in all this, as you say all the time, Phil, but it's hard um, not to feel that way about Stuart Broad right now, having been such an Ashes champion. He finishes with 153 wickets against Australia. Uh, instrumental in wins, as we talk about all the time, 09, 13, 15, to be the man at the end who stood up and broke that partnership that was gathering pace 
between Carey and Murphy and to finish the job, not nicking off the, the number 11, but nicking off Alex Carey twice, actually. He was put down at second slip a couple of overs earlier. Um, he, he wanted to be there at the end. He needed to be there at the end. Yeah, and, you know, look at the, the crowd in the bleachers. They've all got their white headbands on. This has been something that's emerged in the last couple of days. It's been Stuart Broad's test match, Stuart Broad's week, uh, and Stuart Broad's finale. He has seen it off. It's been truly unforgettable, all of this. You right, said, right from the start, right from literally 11.01 at Edgbaston. You said uh, in your initial sum up after the uh, final wicket, the greatest series of your lifetime. I mean, that fourth result under 50 runs or three wickets, there won't be another test series where there have been four air quotes close results. That, that, that's almost certain. And, yeah, I, mean, so, I, so, I, I, I haven't got that in front of me, but I'd be very surprised if there's four of them. There have been two or three, but four. Um, we always use 2005 as our understandable benchmark, but, I mean, people are going to speak of this in, in similar tones in 20 or 30 years. Yeah, and, and there's, there's nice pub-style discussions about whether one series is superior to the other. Uh, this series has lacked an all-time great spinner, for example, yeah. if we're playing that game. But if you consider fewer than 50 runs or three wickets to be a tight one, then four of the five, and the, for, all, for all we know, the fourth one could have gone that similar way. You know, it was absolutely not... Yep. It was still an open game. You don't necessarily know that England were definitely going to do that. Four of the five could have gone either way. That is extraordinary. When you think that Test cricket generally falls to the, the superior side over the course of the four or the five days. Well, we're into our post-match wrap for Australia made. Look for the green and gold kangaroo logo and buy authentic Australian products. Adam Collins with you. Phil Walker stays with me, as does Phil Long. We bring Jeremy Coney back in as well. Feel slightly bereft. It's all over, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, we're all quite fatigued, aren't we, from all this? A little bit. Um, to all, well, for me, it feels right uh, because it's very difficult to separate these two sides. They are very close together. Um, and it's a great series because it was close, I think. Um, the, the, big, the big turnaround, you know, 2-0 to Australia... Uh, with three to play and then the big turnaround by England, you know, and you just look at the results and you've mentioned them, haven't you? But two wickets, 43 runs, three wickets, draw, 49 runs. It's the this, dream. Uh, it, 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 it's it an is. extraordinary series. Because we, we talk up these Ashes series every two and a half or one and a half years, depending on, on the cycle, Phil, and we just hope. We just hope it's going to be either two all coming into the last test or the last test being truly alive. We've had them alive more in England in recent years in Australia, that's for sure, but having a series that felt so so lacking in one side willing to seize the initiative for more than a day or two or a session or two at times, it, I mean, the fact that Australia have uh, ceded the advantage is one thing, but even within those two test matches, it was so volatile. Yeah, and look, the contest needed, it, needed this, really. Um, it was so miserable down under last time. Uh, with COVID as some kind of spectre as well over the thing. 2019 was an afterthought after the World Cup. England stunk the place out and somehow managed to get away with the 2-2. The previous tour, again, in Australia was miserable for, for England. And we built this thing up. It has its own industry, its own energy, the Ashes. And it needed this. The contest needed it. And dare I say it, the five-day game needed it as well. The five-day game 
is doing just fine, by the way. We, we are seeing more and more results as we go through. Fewer draws, more attacking, more expansive cricket generally. This is nonetheless the landmark in, of this particular era of five-day cricket. We needed this to really establish itself as the preeminent contest again after a fallow few years in truth and we always knew that we would have this clash of cultures with Australia's gnarly grown-ups against England's cocksure kids and it's been the immovable force and the unstoppable it's just they've come together Australia were outstanding to go 2-0 up and then the whole weight of the country you felt was in yep. on this yep. and for them to for England to come back and to pull this off and for Australia to still be standing at the end having been slapped across the face for the last two or three weeks and for them still to be holding that urn fair play to them in the fullness of time I know that they would have been desperate for a win here but in the fullness of time Patrick Cummings can go home with the test mace in one hand and the urn in the other that's an extraordinary achievement yeah it's a, an entire group of Australian cricketers that, that now stretch 22 years it'll, it'll reach out to 26 between drinks in England, if you like, winning a series here. As we said before, Phil, my calculations are no teams haven't ever had to wait that long in Ashes cricket to win in the other country. This will overtake the weight that England had uh, between 86, 87 and, and 10, 11 and between Bodyline and Peter Mayside doing the business in, in the mid-50s. And yeah. I think that's quite significant given it immediately follows an era of such dominance for Australia. For sure. And just to put it into context what Australia were up against here, the last time England lost a series of more than two test matches at home was in 2012. So they're unbeaten at home in a decade in any series of any significance. So... That's what Australia were coming up against. They were also coming up against a team that has created or refined a particularly extravagant way of playing cricket that works for this particular bunch of, bunch of players. And the country were in on this. You know, and you can't dis discount that as well. You can't discount the power of the crowds, especially at Leeds. Old Trafford as well, you sensed it. And you sensed it here as well. So for Australia to have repelled it, to still be standing... Fair play to them, really. It's, been, it's just been staggering. And look, the game needed it. The five-day game needed this. We don't know how much longer we're going to have this kind of spectacle. We hope it goes on forever and a day. Seven wickets fell in that final session, Jeremy. They resumed after, well, lunch then became tea when we missed a session. At three for 238. Um, Travis Head, caught by Joe Root, had slipped from Moen for 43. Smith... Caught in the cordon, Wokes for 54. Marsh, excellent take from Best off the inside edge from the bowling of Moen for six. Stark, caught in the cordon, booming drive, Wokes for naught as the theme emerging here. Pat Cummins inside edge, caught behind the wicket by Stokes for Moen for nine. Murphy caught behind by Broad for 18. And Carey caught behind as well for 28. The last man to fall, Hazelwood not out on four. Um, when push came to shove, the pressure the England bowlers were able to apply on the Australian middle and lower order was just too much for them. Key wickets were ahead for me uh, from Moen Ali picking up with a good delivery that drew a drive out of Travis Head and was caught comfortably at first slip and then Smith particularly taken by for me the best bowler on show actually and that was Chris Wokes. Mm. I mean for him I don't know how many he ended up with 18, 19 wickets something like that 19, and thoroughly 19. deserved difficult to score from very demanding from the, you know, if you're playing forward and defensively, just a 
top effort from him. And, and England were willing to shuffle the pack field with Wokes and Wood for the third test. They're 2-0 down. They bring two new faces into the dressing room. They backed themselves with Moen Ali who had the, remember the callus on his finger. He missed Lords for that. That wasn't without risk either. Whereas Australia had kind of plan A, albeit with maybe a, a, a plan A point one with Scott Boland, but really they were set and forget and losing Nathan Lyon when they did, it did cause them to recalibrate in their own way, but England's reset worked an awful lot better. Yeah, and in the fullness, we can't you know, talk about ifs and buts, it's, it's pointless, it's pointless. The, the spectacle is all here, I think. Ultimately, one team may have edged ahead of the other, but this is the right result. This, this suits what we've seen here. It would be unjust, I think, for, e for e either team to have inched ahead because of a bit of luck here or a bit of luck there. And the drama as well. I mean, let's go back to Lords for a moment and the Mitchell Stark catch that wasn't uh, the Alex Carey stumping at Bearstow, the national outcry, the front pages, the shock jocks. I mean, for about five minutes there, the whole world was watching our game uh, and that felt pretty good too, albeit for slightly left-of-centre reasons. But cricket was the centre of the sporting universe because of these teams duking it out. Yeah, exactly that. Look, and Ben Stokes was quite open about that in the build-up to this series. And it can sound a little bit irritating for people in this country because if you're already in, in it, you know it's the greatest creation on God's earth. You know it is. But they were quite clear... They were quite open about this, that they wanted new, new eyeballs on this sport. They wanted new people to be curious about something that was happening here that they may have otherwise been unsure of, unaware of. It, it, it's been an irrelevance to far too many people. As we were saying a few days ago, we have these two distinct groups in England, in the sporting public. You have those who don't even really know what it is, and you have fanatics. They're just trying to bring a few from that side over to our side. Yep. That is what they are ostensibly trying to do here. It's good for that message that they haven't gone down here. It would have been spectacular if England had nicked it short, but there is nobody out there with a soul and a beating heart who can't be wowed by what they've seen here. And Jeremy... I, the, I think they're doing sorry. more than that, if I could say Please, so, yes, Adam, yes, because, yes. I mean, I come from the other end of the world and there are a lot of people who are absolute fans of the way that England have approached the test match game now. And I'm not, I'm not saying that just the cricketers. I mean, everybody you go past, order you, and they're listening to the cricket. Right. And, and they've noticed that when, they, when England played in Pakistan, the way that they played and the method that they used. So it's not, it's not just happening here. Okay. Don't worry about that, Phil. Well, that's interesting to hear. And I've stood back from saying that because it sounds incredibly arrogant, right? And w when it comes out of their pl the players' mouths that they're trying to save Test cricket, as Brendan McCullum, your boy, has said himself in so many words. And that sounds very, very highfalutin to me. But... If it is having a knock-on effect in certain pockets of the cricket-loving world where eyes might be moving slightly more to different formats and so on and so on, this is irresistible and irrepressible. We're about to get the presentation uh, down the line from Melbourne. We just need to wait for it to line up. So we're, I'll turn our effects mic down um, so that we don't have anything spoiled. We're going to have some presentations that will include the uh, Compton-Miller medals, one for either side, the overall player of the series. Both captains will talk. The player of the match here who, just thinking it through, top of my head, there's a few contenders, Phil. Uh, yes, we've got presentation now. We'll go straight back to Channel 9. Thanks, guys.
We start with the LB Insurance men's test player of the summer following the conclusion of an entertaining summer of test match cricket. Throughout the six tests England have hosted in 2023, there have been world-class performances throughout. This award has been decided by the PCA's Most Valuable Player Rankings, which is powered by Argentext, going into the final Ashes test. A number of players were in contention following consistently strong showings. However, there is only one MVP, and after scoring 468 runs and taking seven wickets, the winner of the LV Insurance Men's Test Player of the Summer 2023 is Joe Roots. ICC match officials for this final test who have already received their LV Insurance medals, our ICC match referee Ranjan Madagali, our on-field umpires Kumadama Sina and Joel Wilson, our fourth umpire David Milnes and TV umpire Nitin Menon. We come to our serious presentations and we start off with the Australia LV Insurance player of the series nominated by Brendan McCullum who will receive a magnum of Shabbledown sparkling wine and an LV Insurance medal. This will be presented by John Mansley. Brenda McCullum stated there were two clear-cut choices to uh, choose from when it came to this award. Usman Khawaja for 496 runs, but in the end it came down to the consistency of a bowler who managed 23 wickets from just seven innings. The Australia LV Insurance player of the series is Mitchell Stark. Mitchell, congratulations. An incredible series for all of us to watch. What's it been like to play in? Yeah, much the same. It's, jeez, uh, it's, it's been incredible five test matches. Uh, I'm sure it's been incredible to watch. Uh, it's been exciting, there's been ebbs and flows throughout. It's, yeah, what more we can say, the way it finished today was probably um, spoke to the, I guess, the quality of cricket and, and uh, the emotions of the whole Ashes. Um, you, you'd have come into the game this morning um, with high hopes, no doubt, of, of chasing an almost record total. Um, and for a while it looks as though you might get there, but then this drama at the end, what, what, were you, what was it like when you were in the dressing room just watching it from above there? Happened quickly. Um, yeah, it was much like the ebbs and flows of the whole series. So, um, no, but that's been, uh, I guess, the, the nature of this Ashes series. It's, it's, uh, it's come right down to the last session of day 25. Um, you know, congratulations to Stuart on, on his retirement. And uh, I think he probably couldn't have written that any better to, to finish the way he did. So, congratulations to him. You've had a, a terrific series, of course, which is why you're standing here with, with the medal. What's been the personal highlight for you? Um, oh, it's just been, it's been a fantastic uh, tour to come and, and sort of express myself the way I'd have, I've liked to and had the backing from the group and certainly from Pat and Andrew. So, um, yeah, no, it's been a fantastic group to be a part of for a long time. Um, and we, we've had, a, I guess, a, a pretty successful tour when you think back to the, the six test matches we've played and, and the test final as well. Um, yes, yeah, you mentioned the six, including the World Test Championship final, of, of which I think you've played five. So how proud are you 
of the resilience you've shown to get through those in a pretty short space of time. Yeah, I think that's it. It's, it's quite a resilient group. Um, you know, we, Pat's played six. Uh, Josh himself's played four as well, I think. So, um, no, look, we've got a fantastic support staff, uh, physio and doc, who get us through. But uh, I think it's a pretty resilient group. Uh, it's been, no doubt, been a, a busy six or eight weeks for both teams to, to fit in six test matches. So um, the, the quality of cricket on display throughout the, the entire eight weeks has been fantastic. Um, ahead of the series, there's a lot of talk about the pace at which England would play and, and the aggressive nature of their batting. Um, of course, as a new ball bowler, you, you're, you're facing the brunt of that. How much thought had you given to the tactics and the way you were going to approach it ahead of the series? Not overly dissimilar to how I'd, I'd normally uh, approach it personally, but um, obviously we saw two different brands of cricket. Both teams struck, stuck true to what they wanted to play throughout the series, and, and ultimately we sit here to all. So um, it's been exciting to be a part of two different, or to experience two different sides of, of an approach to Test cricket, and um, it's just great that uh, you know Test cricket's thriving the way it is, and we get the support and crowds that we have had throughout the series, which has been fantastic. And, and did you enjoy that challenge? I'm talking about the top of the order bowling at Docket and Crawley. Do you think well? Uh, this will create opportunities for us as well. Yeah, certainly. We, we felt, you know, we're at different stages are going to look different uh, to, to the traditional way of, of playing Test cricket, I guess, with certain fields and the way that the attacking brand of cricket, but likewise, was going to create some opportunities which at times um, kept us in the game for longer periods. So, yeah, look, it's, it's been enthralling um, and something that uh, I'm sure both teams have enjoyed all, the whole experience of this tour. Well, many congratulations and well, fantastic series for you. Our next presentation will cover three awards. The LV Insurance Player of the Match, nominated by the Sky Sports commentary team. Also, England's LV Insurance Player of the Series, nominated by Andrew McDonald, for which they'll receive a magnum of Chapel Down sparkling wine and an LV Insurance medal. And will also receive the Compton Miller Player of the Series Award, nominated by the Written Press. And that will be awarded by Richard Thompson, who will present that medal on behalf of the families. This was uh, nominated by Andrew McDonald, whose words sum it up perfectly. For his impact on the series with the ball, key wickets at critical times, and totally changed the dynamic of the series. 19 wickets in just six innings here at the Keir Oval, seven wickets, the LV Insurance Player of the Match, and England's LV Insurance Player of the Series, Chris Wokes. taking critical wickets and completely changing the dynamic of the series. That's quite a nice epitaph to take from this great series. Yeah, it's been um, an amazing few games. Uh, nice to, to obviously come into the side and, and contribute. Um, you know, I think the belief was there at 2-0 down to, that we could still go on and win the series. Uh, it's the incredible spirit that's in the dressing room. But um, yeah, I, th I think 2-2 is quite fitting, really. Um, you missed the start of the series, therefore standing here with all these awards, player of the match, player of the series, was probably slightly beyond the wildest imaginings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not been a part of this squad and this team for, for over 12 months, so it was um, you know, just desperate to obviously get back in and have a go and 
yeah, it was just, I suppose, when you, when you come into an Ashes series, you want to perform, you want to, you want to contribute to, to obviously team wins, um, and couldn't have asked for it to go much better, really. And was there always a part of you that thought, because five tests are coming in about six weeks, I'm going to get my chance, therefore you're always slightly readying yourself? Yeah, definitely. I think that was always in the back of your mind. You know, five, five tests with the gruelling schedule that it is, you always felt like I might get an opportunity at some point. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't know when it was going to come, but I just tried to make sure I was ready as much as possible. And um, yeah, I actually didn't feel in great rhythm coming into the series when I got my nod. So actually to perform like I did at Headingley was probably the most pleasing part. Yeah, I was going to ask that because you came in, you made an immediate impact. Uh, why then, if you didn't feel in particularly good rhythm, why did it happen for you straight away? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Stokes, he bowled me up the hill at Headingley, which I hate as well. So um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, got, I think I got a wicket, an early wicket in that spell and it kind of settled the nerves and... I think whenever you come into a big series like that, it's important to get an early wicket to, to calm you down. And from, that on, from that moment on, I, found, I did find a, a, a bit of rhythm. And look, you, you've got to have a little bit of luck go your way as well, of course. Um, and thankfully, it went all right. Um, and hitting the winning runs there with Western Terrace in the, in the background, was that a, a, your favourite moment of the series for you? Um, I think that, that today is probably up there. I think um, probably up there with, with you know, my best probably moments in, t in test cricket really um, obviously for, for Brody to go out the way he did incredible um, I think it's fitting really the way he went about it that's typical of Stu isn't it I'm sure he'll let us know about his last ball that he hit for six in test cricket and his last ball that he took a wicket so um, incredible for him obviously delighted for him to go out like that and um, yeah that today with this crowd was, was amazing and you moved on to Manchester after Headingley. took your first five wicket haul against Australia actually you've not always found them the easiest of opponents no, well, they're, they're pretty good, aren't they? So it, it's, not, it's not always easy to, to obviously take big scalps. I think that's the most pleasing thing about the series. I've managed to get big players out, which is nice. Um, but yeah, first five wicket haul in the Nashi series, that's where you feel you want to do it on the biggest stage. And obviously this is, you know, the pinnacle of test cricket and the pinnacle of cricket, in our opinion. So amazing. Um, and this morning, after a very difficult day yesterday, when not much was happening, it seemed to suddenly start moving around a bit. A useful ball change. Yeah, um, I mean, we were happy with that. I'm not sure the Aussies were, but, uh, you know, it, we made most of the conditions, I think. Obviously, when you get a ball change like that, you hope it works in your favour, and thankfully it did. Um, but obviously, we still had to put the ball in the right areas and ask the right questions, and, you know, we caught well as well, which is obviously really important. Um, 34 now, still multi-format player. How is the immediate future looking for you? Are you still uh, eager to compete in Test cricket abroad as well? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll leave that to uh, to Stokesy, Captain, and um, and Baz, obviously. But um, look, I've, I enjoy what I've done this series. I know what I can do at, at home. You know, the record is, is half decent, so I'd like to obviously continue that. But I want to play as much cricket for England as possible. That's that's the main aim. You know, we we see international cricket as as the pinnacle, and you know, there's obviously more and more cricket coming around about with franchise stuff. But you know, you don't get the feeling like this anywhere else in the world. You don't. Well done. Cheers. Thanks. And after such an outstanding series, it's now time for a word from the captains. First of all, we invite England captain Ben Stokes forward. An epic series, Ben, full of ups and downs, highs and lows. Um, standing here now at the end of it all, six weeks of effort, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, actually really good. I think, you know, 2-2 at the end of a series like this, I think, is a fair reflection of the, 
Um, you know, two teams literally going toe to toe. Um, you know, Australia, World Test champions, absolute, you know, quality team. Um, but, you know, being 2 0 down after the first two games, I don't think many teams would have been able to respond in the manner in which we did. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm incredibly proud of everyone's efforts that they put in. You know, we've rotated through our teams, you know, particularly with the bowlers. And um, Wokesy's played three games and he's just walked off with the player of the series. So, um, yeah, look, it's just. Standing here, you know, pretty content about everything that we've achieved over the last seven weeks. Um, let's talk about today then. Yesterday, quite a difficult day actually. How hard did, was it for you to kind of lift the spirits and raise everybody after what happened yesterday? Uh, look, having played a lot of cricket, you, you know what it's like in the fourth innings chasing. Um, it's, it's one of those, Australia got off to a great start with uh, Dave and, and Ozzy. You know, I thought they played incredibly well to... Um, you know, walk off with the amount of runs and, you know, none down as they did. But, you know, turning up again and knowing there was 250 runs on the board on the last day, um, it's always tough. You know, fourth innings pressure, you know, should never be underestimated. And the wickets came in clusters and that's what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, look, it was, it was do or die again. We've been do or die since the second game. And, um, you know, if anything, it, I've said it a few times, it really suits our mentality and the way that we go about cricket. Um, two, cri two players who helped turn it around for you this morning, um, they bowled in tandem, Chris Wokes and Mark Wood. They're the two players that you brought in midway through the series at Headingley, and they've had a dramatic impact, both of them. Yeah, you know, real good. You know, the, the way in which Wokesy's come in and not only operated with the way in the manner in which he's done with the ball, but, you know, very crucial runs down the, down on the tail, batting an eight, they've been really good for us. And, you know, Woody's put some unbelievable performances um, in over those first two games. But yesterday and today, um, he could hardly walk. Um, and he did an unbelievable job to show that he wasn't sore and to still run in and bowl in the way which he did with those spells. I think you've got to give a huge amount of testament to the worry that's inside him. Um, just kept on saying, you know, throw me the ball and I'll run as hard as I possibly can. So uh, to have people like that on your team who will just run in and run in, you know, regardless how their body is, it's great to have. Um, and, and then at the end there, in tandem, uh, two cricketers who walked off together, arm in arm, Stuart Broad uh, and Moen Ali. Let's deal with each of them uh, one, one at a time. Uh, first of all, Stuart Broad, this is a place of farewells. He's announced his farewell. A, your reflections on him as a cricketer. And did you ever doubt that he was going to finish things off tonight? Um, yeah, look, I've played with Broady for a long, long time. I played you know, 97 games, I think, and there's only a handful of those in which I've not, one of them, I didn't pick him because, you know, so, um, but look, and he's been an unbelievable performer for England over a, a long, long time. Um, and to watch him come in, bowl the way he did today, and it was just written in the stars he was going to take the la that last wicket, wasn't it? Two left-handers at the crease, you know, the, the way in which he bowls to them, it was just quality. And, Look, Mo came into the squad and into the team through an unfortunate injury to Jack Leach. Um, and, you know, there was a few things that I said about him with us picking it, but, you know, I chose him because I know what he could do in his best days. And when it really mattered, Mo produced one of his best days out on the field for an England player. And, look, he changed the game for us. Um, so I know Brawley's walked off there, but, you know, Mo to retire, come back and put in the performance he's done at crucial moments is just incredible. Um, he's, he's, yeah, great servant to England as well as uh, and India next. Are you going to be sending him a WhatsApp saying India question mark? <laughs> no, I'm bowling Ospin now, so you know, it'll be all right. Uh, no, look, I think we'll just let we'll let Mo just reflect on everything over the last six weeks, and um, you know we'll let him make that decision.
Um, Chris talks about the catching there, which is extremely sharp at the back end of the series here. Is there any part of you that thinks, if we'd have been a bit sharper at the start, we might have turned 2-2 to 3-2? Hindsight never loses, does it? Um, and you talked about making memories. Memories that I think everybody here in this ground today and everybody watching and listening uh, on television and radio uh, would thank you for. Uh, just a final reflection, maybe on Australia as well, who played uh, an absolutely full part in this series. Yeah, look, um, coming, coming into this series, if you look back, you know, 14 months ago, um, to, to bounce back from 2-0 down, it would have been um, tough for any team to, to come back and put in the performance we've done over the last sort of four to five weeks. Um, I mentioned to Pat there that, you know, what a series to be a part of and, and I generally feel like it's almost what Test Cricket needed. Um, you know, every player there who wears an Australian shirt and every player over there who wears an England shirt is a massive advocate for Test Cricket and wants Test Cricket to stay alive. And, you know, I know we've been very vocal about, you know, making sure that that's a huge objective of ours in terms of the way that we play. And I think this series has, has really, really done that. I think it's captivated so many new fans it's attracted a new audience towards the game and you know test cricket is the purest form of the game i absolutely love it so i hope this series has made it you know got even bigger before we started um, next ash is two and a half years away you're gonna have the appetite for it uh yeah it's very hard to lose an appetite when you love test cricket as much as i do many congratulations great performance today from your team thanks Adams. cheers and now for a few words australia captain pat cummins Thanks for your time, as ever. Ben said, to all, a fair reflection on the series. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, two really high-quality teams that um, seemed like every session was, uh, you know, shared, shared the honours. So I think 2-2 two, two is fair. Wonderful series to be part of. Um, you came in here only needing a draw at the Oval, but um, even though you were chasing a, a, a massive total in the fourth innings it never looked certainly today as if you were settling for a draw it looked like you wanted to win today yeah of course no, I didn't even enter the conversation at all um, yeah we said from the start you know we're over here to try and win the ashes and um, yeah that's why we all start playing cricket you know you want to win win test matches be out there for the last ball and um, yeah unfortunately not to be but great get, great day so are, are there mixed emotions for you because in a minute you'll be you know given the ashes they're in your safekeeping but for many of your players who won't be coming back to England, there's a few who won't be here again, um, there won't be the, the win in England on the CV. Yeah, in some ways, I think you know, we could be hugely proud of retaining the Ashes. Um, it's no easy feat against a really high-quality English side in their own conditions, but of course, you know, we, we wanted to come over here and won. Um, it's a similar group to 2019, and it just, yeah, it just felt like we left, we just sat a little bit short from the goal. So it's a really proud group. I think, as Starkey said, it's been a great tour for us. Um, yeah, unfortunate not to be, but yeah, what a great series. Um, and how proud are, are you of your players? Because you were put under significant pressure at times in the series. I suspect maybe, you know, in that middle session at Old Trafford, perhaps more pressure than you'd felt before in Test cricket. Yeah, it's, there's so many moments throughout this series. Um, I think that's what makes playing in Ashes, especially in away Ashes, so difficult. It's not only on the field, it's the crowd, the, um, you know, the media, you get thrown everything at you, which is great. You wouldn't want it any other way. Um, and we felt that this series. So really proud of how we've stuck strong um, and 
yeah, you know, pretty consistent throughout. A couple of moments, if you change, might have made a difference, but great series. Could you pinpoint those moments that you kind of look back on and think, what if? Oh, I think you could probably find 100 and the other team the same, but yeah, there's no point looking at it. Um, yeah, 2-2 two is the score. Um, I wondered whether you wanted to say anything about Stuart Broad, who, you know, is a similar uh, cricketer to yourself, a seam bowler leading things off there with the new ball and he's announced his retirement. Um, he must be a player that you've enjoyed playing against and enjoyed competing against. Yeah, great competitor. Um, Stewie's always seems to save his best for Australia. Um, you know, there's been plenty of flat days in Australia. Um, that is a fast bowler. He's got a great teeth and bowl and he just runs in all day. Um, I think I've played a third of the amount of test matches he's played. I can't fathom playing that many. So, um, huge congrats. Great competitor. Love playing against him. And, um, yeah, wish him all the best. And I, I think I, I speak for everybody in this ground and everybody watching that it's been an absolutely fantastic series. Uh, you've done yourself proud and your team uh, have done themselves proud. So, many congratulations. You're about to go and receive the urn, which is in safekeeping. Well done. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you to Channel 9 for the presentations there. We'll reflect on the commentary in a moment. We're just seeing that the trophy lifts, they share the series, so they hold one trophy together. And now Pat Cummins is about to be given the, not the replica urn. I remember one year, Phil, like they had the replica urn out and the price tag was still on from the gift shop <laughs> out the back at Lord's. But um, this is the, 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 the crystal trophy that they, um, that they give out at the end of each Ashes series in lieu of the real urn, of course, which lives at Lord's forever. Quite, quite interested by this, Phil. Pat Cummins has it now. I'm not anticipating them going over the top or anything like that. Certainly the, the spirit of Cummins' comments were that they, they know they've missed an opportunity here. Yeah, and I guess England could probably say the same as well. Yeah. I think it will be a, a relatively measured celebration as yeah. befits the game. A few smiles, but no, um, no champagne, no carry-on. There is the champagne there, but... I'd be surprised if they take to it with too much gusto, Jeremy Coney. Yeah, well, no one really, when you look at some of the, the numbers of runs scored and the wickets taking, no one really stands out as the difference between the sides. That's why they're so close. And I don't think any conscious decisions or the skills that were made made a difference or translated into something significant between the sides either. It was so compelling because it was so close. Yeah bang on on the stats just looking through it three 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 top six bowlers right so stark 23 broad 22 wokes 19 cummins 18 hazelwood 16 mm. wood 14 so three three and listen to the batsman kawaja 496 crawley 480 root 412 stokes 405 and then you get smith's 373 brooks 363 really yeah. does tell the story, doesn't it? The, yeah. the story we've been telling for six and a half weeks about the closeness of these teams, the scoreline, the fact that it is a little bit weird having a, a trophy presentation that's quite like that, um, but excellent performances across the board from so many individuals, which is why this will go down as such a memorable series, Phil. And um, just to go back to the, the, the post-match comments there from, from Ben Stokes, so he's definitely coming to Australia next time. I think viewers might have feared that he was very close to the end of his test career, but you're shaking your head. He, he wants to do this in Australia. Well, wh why, why wouldn't he? And I think his destiny is to probably bat at three, I think, in the end. But even if it's not, he can obviously bat six. doesn't have to bowl anymore. They'll find a way around that problem. He 
he is so much the identity now of this cricket team and the way that his career has gone he can pick and choose exactly what he wants to do from here on in they can protect him he doesn't play 50 over cricket he'll be there in two and a half years you can absolutely guarantee it unless something dramatic happens with him <laughs> there's always that caveat <laughs> against Stokes on and off the pitch but look if he's fit and he's, he's, he's behaving himself, then of course he leads them down there. I, I think he just likes test cricket too. I think it. he yeah. likes the way and, the, and, the, and the, just the ins and outs of the game and he loves captaining us. I, I really enjoy watching the way he places the field. I think he's right. superb at doing that and backing up, stopping a batsman getting runs here, encouraging them there and so on for his bowlers. So I, I think he'll be there too. I feel long as we start to make our way towards the end of our broadcast. Some parting words from you. We've absolutely loved your company. Oh, it's been fantastic, Adam, and what a series it's been. Great to have spent it with you. Let me leave you with this one from me, this Ashes. The run rate overall, 3.95 across both sides. That's the most ever for Ashes. Ben Stokes said how he wanted to change cricket, how he loved test cricket. England's run rate across the series, 4.74. No Ashes side has ever achieved that before. They said they were going to play this way, Phil. Yeah. It, it, it blew them a test match at Edgbaston. It might have cost them at Lords as well, losing 9 for 100 in that first innings. But it's been the, the catalyst for them chasing down 250 at Leeds with gusto, uh, for getting themselves in a winning position at Manchester. And really, you look back at it, it was the third innings here, wasn't it? That, that day they had the chance to set the game up and they were fearless from the get-go. Yeah, and fearless with some of their selections as well to stick by Zach Crawley, who's become the kind of an epitome, really, of Baz Ball. And, and the 70-odd he made in that third innings, as you mentioned, was absolutely was a masterful knock, really. Um, you know, when all the dust has settled, it's silly and churlish to talk about certain moments. But declaring on day one, on a flat one, without 400 on the board, when your best player is seeing it like a beach ball, will remain simultaneously the greatest uh, celebration of Baz Ball and the most ridiculous of, of, at the same time. I feel that that rather does sum up uh, <laughs> it neatly from your end. Uh, thank you, Jeremy Coney. Your, yeah, your final well, thoughts no, on the way through. No, I think that, that we, we, we just celebrate the good parts of it. There were other parts as well. Let's acknowledge that. There yeah, were, sure. were yeah. some not so good parts. But overall, that we're all going to walk away and we're all... We're all up here and we're so lucky to sit up here and observe and just talk about a series like that. And I hope that's transferred through to people back listening through the night, you know, in Australia and New Zealand, because it has been a fantastic series to be part of. I'm, I'm pretty sure it will, Jeremy. Um, as we start to wind down, we'll begin to say goodbye. I see Phil Long taking a photo there over the back. <laughs> Cheers, Longy. Um, I'll start with the World Test Championship final. Those who are with us that week, Nikesh Raghani, Ravi Shastri, Hasha Bokne. Uh, who were with us for that week up here on In the Corporate Box. What a great commentary box that was, Longy. Mm. Uh, Daniel Norcross, Adam White, Andrew Sampson, Louis Cameron, Jeff Lemon, Jared Kimber, David Bumbleloy, been crooked the last couple of days, get well soon, Bumble, Peter Lawler, Damian Fleming, who was brilliant the first couple of test matches, Brett Sunderason, who's downstairs at the moment gathering interviews. You'll follow all of them on the usual SEN social media places. Jeremy Coney, you've been just superb on our broadcast from the minute we 
brought you in a few years ago. Um, you've always answered the court. You're a great team player. You've mucked in with everything. You've done it the rustic way sometimes with us, and we, we couldn't be more grateful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Phil Long, I, I know it's taken a while to get you with us this year, but since we have four test matches in India and a handful of test matches in England as well, um, our broadcast is so much richer for your contributions. Thank you, Adam. Phil Walker, one of the, one of the great lyrical writers on the game, and that transfers so elegantly to your talking on it as well. Um, having you as an expert summariser here and, your, and having your great publication uh, as part of our conversation throughout as well has, has also been um, something that's added to what we've done day in, day out. Good stint by you as well, if, if we're doing oh, this. Yes. If we're throwing the garlands around that and then, Ooh, my yeah, word, how, how do you pull it all together? Bad, <laughs> Can we do it all again, please? <laughs> we will. I've, I've got some more thank yous <laughs> on the way through. Link Allen, Andrew Donison, Alex Hart, who played a role in the production at the ground at various stages. Alex Patterson, who's produced just about every single night of the series through the night, horrible hours, with Paulie Sebastiani in the studio, <laughs> who's been our dedicated panel op and talking to us through the years. Crazy to think how many hours they've been there after play as well, pulling together podcasts and videos and clips and um, telling the SEN cricket story along with us from here at the ground and the head of cricket at SEN, Mitch Scott, uh, the chief executive, Craig Hutchison, who's backed in test cricket as a product. I don't know what we're up to now, but it is a ridiculous number of test matches we've done in the last couple of years. You've got to be committed to it. And Hutchie is. The whole team are there at SEN in Melbourne. Um, that's it. That's us done. I wish we could do it all again right now, Phil, but we can't. We will be back on the airwaves at some stage soon. In fact, I know when we are. Jeremy, you and I are doing the England-New Zealand one days and T20s on SEN and SENZ. Coming up at Durham. Won't have quite the same energy <laughs> as this, perhaps, but we'll bring our energy to those games and treat them with the respect they deserve. Uh, this has been SEN Test Cricket for Maccas. Um, it's been for the Barbecue Bacon Angus at Maccas, Phil. You might have heard about it. I have uh, now. Uh, you, you have now. Bring me well. After the last however many weeks we've been talking about that, our post-match wrap has been for Australia Made. Look for the green and gold logo. England victorious here at the Kia Oval by 49 runs. They square the ashes to all. Good night from the Oval. So Broad's got half an over left here at Carey. Can he keep it going? Bowls here. Carey caught behind! Broad's finished it in magnificent style. Australia with a 2-0 advantage in this series. Their wait to win in England will last another four years at least. England square the series, 2-all, and it feels fitting. And their victors today on the final session of the final test by 49 runs. An emblematic moment. The series has been nip and tuck all the way, but when it mattered most today... England's bowlers showed up. Chris Wokes, Moen Ali, the veteran, in all probability playing his final test match. And Stuart Broad, his final spell for England, finding the edge a couple of times. Job done. Australia all out for 334. The series squared.